0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Preacher Chick podcast. I am Stacy, the Preacher Chick and today is day 298 of reading the Bible together every day this year. Today there's a video from the Bible Project and you'll find that linked in the show notes and we're going to read Romans 11 and 12. We're also going to read Psalm 138. Let's just get to it. I ask then, Has God rejected his people? Absolutely not. For I too am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham from the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Or don't you know what the scripture says in the passage about Elijah, how he pleads with God against Israel? Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars. I am the only one left and they are trying to take my life. But what was God's answer to him? I have left 7,000 for myself who have not bowed down to Baal. In the same way, then there is also at the present time a remnant chosen by grace. Now, if by grace, then it is not by works. Otherwise, grace ceases to be grace. What then? Israel did not find what it was looking for, but the elect did find it. The rest were hardened as it was written. God gave them a spirit of stupor eyes that cannot see and ears that cannot hear to this day. And David says, let their table become a snare and a trap, a pitfall and a retribution to them. Let their eyes be darkened so that they cannot see and their backs be bent continually. I ask then, have they stumbled so as to fall? Absolutely not. On the contrary, by their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make Israel jealous. Now, if their transgression brings riches for the world and their failure riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their fullness bring? Now, I'm speaking to you Gentiles insofar as I am an apostle to the Gentiles. I magnify my ministry if I might somehow make my own people jealous and and save some of them. For if their rejection brings reconciliation to the world, what will their acceptance mean but life from the dead? Now, if the first fruits are holy, so is the whole batch. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. Now, if some of the branches were broken off and you, though a wild olive branch, were grafted in among them and have come to share in the rich root of the cultivated olive tree. Do not boast that you are better than those branches. But if you do boast, you do not sustain the root, but the root sustains you. Then you will say branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. True enough. They were broken off because of unbelief, but you stand by faith. Do not be arrogant, but beware because if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. Therefore consider God's kindness and severity, severity towards those who have fallen, but God's kindness toward you if you remain in his kindness. Otherwise you too will be cut off. And even they, if they do not remain in unbelief, will be grafted in because God has the power to graft them in again. For if you were cut off from your native wild olive tree and against nature were grafted into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? I don't want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers and sisters, so that you will not be conceited. A partial hardening has come upon Israel, and the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, or until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel will be saved, as it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion, and he will turn godlessness away from Jacob. And this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Regarding the gospel, they are enemies for your advantage. But regarding election, they are loved because of the patriarchs, since God's gracious gift and calling are irrevocable. As you once disobeyed God, but now you have received mercy through their disobedience, so they too have now disobeyed, resulting in mercy to you, so that they may also now receive mercy. For God has imprisoned all in disobedience, so that he may have mercy on all. Oh, that the O the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and of the knowledge of God! How unsearchable his judgments! How untraceable his ways! For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor, and who has ever given to God that he should be repaid? For from him, and through him, and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Therefore, brothers and sisters, In view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. For by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Now, as we have many parts in one body and all the parts do not have the same function in this same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. According to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. If prophecy, use it according to the proportion of one's faith. If service, use it in service. If teaching, in teaching. If exhorting, in exhortation. Giving with generosity. Leading with diligence. Showing mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without hypocrisy. detest evil, cling to what is good. love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lack diligence and zeal. Be fervent in the spirit. Serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in affliction, be persistent in prayer that this whole see like I'm not kidding, I know I say this that I have a lot of favorites in the Bible, and that's not an understatement. I I truly do, but Romans is so amazing what Paul writes to the people, but Romans chapter eight and Romans chapter 12 are just so powerful, so powerful. This whole thing here, this, like uh, the subtitle of this, of these verses um, in Romans beginning at verse nine is Christian ethics. In my Bible, and um, if you're newer to the game, then the Bible I'm using is the Tony Evans Study Bible. It is the Christian Standard Bible, and this is just so powerful. Um, Let love be without hypocrisy. Detest evil. Cling to what is good. Love one another deeply, as brothers and sisters. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lack diligence and zeal. Be fervent in the spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction be persistent in prayer gosh what a great reminder share with the saints in their needs pursue hospitality bless those who persecute you bless and do not curse rejoice with those who rejoice weep with those who weep live in harmony with one another do not be proud instead associate with the humble do not be wise in your own estimation do not repay anyone for evil for evil give careful thought to do what is honorable in everyone's eyes if possible as far as it depends on you live at peace with everyone. Now, I think a lot of people use that verse to just live a very passive lifestyle. And I don't think that what it means is just to become a doormat. I just think what it means is to do whatever needs to be done so that peace may abound. That may mean confronting um, where, where confrontation is needed. You know, if you know somebody is intentionally being ignorant towards somebody else, then as far as it depends on you, um, maybe you have words to offer that would help calm that and bring peace into that situation um so and as much as it depends on you live at peace with everyone doesn't mean become a doormat and let people walk all over you and treat you whatever because you are going to keep peace and so you just don't speak up that is not and lord have mercy i am i should be looking in a mirror as i'm saying this but that's what we're getting at here. And then it goes on. Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for God's wrath because it is written, vengeance belongs to me. I will will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink for. In so doing, you will be heaping fiery coals on his head. Now, again, you can live this way, but if your motives are to make your enemy um, feel horrible, then I think the Lord takes that into consideration. But if your motives are, God has called me to love even my enemies, and so as much as it pangs me, I'm going to do what I can to serve my enemy in an effort to bring peace or in an effort to fulfill the law or to fulfill what the Lord has asked me to. Um, Motivations are important. Do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. Wow, isn't that good stuff. I think so. And now we're going to read Psalm one thirty eight. If I can get my pages of my Bible to cooperate with me, that's what we're going to do anyway. <laughs> I use the Bible app for so much, but when I sit down to record this, I always use my physical Bible. Psalm one thirty eight. I will give you thanks with all my heart. I will sing your praise before the heavenly beings. I will bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your constant love and truth. You have exalted your name and your promise above everything else. On the day I called, you answered me. You increased strength within me. All the kings on earth will give you thanks, Lord, when they hear what you've promised. They will sing of the Lord's ways, for the Lord's glory is great. Though the Lord is exalted, he takes note of the humble, but he knows the haughty from a distance. If I walk into the thick of danger, you will preserve my life from the anger of my enemies. You will extend your hand. Your right hand will save me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Lord, your faithful love endures forever. Do not abandon the work of your hands." can I just tell you, I kind of think this is like, don't abandon me. I, like, you know, David is saying, do not abandon the work of your hands. I am the work of your hands. We, friends, are the work of his hands. And the promise, even though David says it this way, the promise is that he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He never abandons us. Isn't that a good reminder? I hope you have a wonderful day or night, depending on when you're listening. And I hope that you'll come back tomorrow as we continue to read the Bible together. I'll see you then.